I'm Spencer. Hi, I'm Tiffany, and we're your hosts of the podcast, Heavenly Messages, a general conference study, where we will bring to you our thoughts and opinions about the most recent general conference talks. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of the podcast. A little update about this week. What happened? I turned 26. That's right. I'm getting old. Oh man, I, That's I, for sure. I actually felt old at 24. Tiffany and I used to play in a rec league uh, for soccer, and I thought we were in great shape and having fun. But then there was this one game where we played some kids fresh out of high school, and they kicked our butts. We couldn't even touch the ball, and I was out of shape. I was out of breath, and it was at that point that I realized I was not. I wasn't young anymore. <laughs> I was getting old. But now that I'm 26, it like adds on to that because I'm just so much closer to 30 than I was 20. And so I'm feeling older this week. All right, Tiffany, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about this episode? Okay, so this episode, we are going to be reviewing and discussing Elder Gary E. Stevenson's talk, which is titled The Greatest Easter Story Ever Told. Elder Stevenson starts off this talk discussing a letter that went around to wards and branches um, from the first presidency discussing Easter Sunday and how we were only going to meet for sacrament meeting only that week. And he starts off by saying that this is going to leave additional time for worship at home as families to commemorate this important holiday. And a little bit later, he says, the more I thought about our celebrations, Um, In regards to Easter, he says, the more I found myself wondering if we are inadvertently shortchanging the true meaning of this holiday, so central to all believers in Jesus Christ. So Tiffany and I were kind of talking about this, too, and how sometimes we can shortchange these important holidays. Mainly, you know, we don't get only sacrament meetings for church that often. It's usually just for Christmas or for Easter in these circumstances, the first thing that came to my mind is the kind of how we are going to be, how we're stewards of our time, how when we get to heaven, we will be judged on how we used our time. And that is something that I definitely try to improve on just because I like to grow and learn and develop that I don't want to waste too much time. But there are times where I do waste my time <laughs> watching The Office. So oh, God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's not get on that. Um, this made me think about, you know, when we get to heaven, since we're already going to be judged on how we use our time on a day-to-day basis, I wonder if, you know, whoever we're interviewing with when we get to heaven is going to ask us, all right, so now what about these specific holidays, right? We only had one hour sacrament meetings nothing else. Like, how did you use your time that day? How did you spend it with your family? How did you worship kind of thing? I think that's, I think that will be something that we should reflect on and consider as this is coming from the first presidency. And this is how Gary Stevenson starts his talk because he himself reflected on this message from this, from the first presidency. Gary E. Stevenson also says, quote, But the first presidency letter was a wake-up call. Not only did they invite us to make sure our celebration of the most important event to ever happen on this earth, the atonement and resurrection of Jesus Christ, includes the reverence and respect the Lord deserves, but they also gave us more time with our families and friends on Easter Sunday to do so. 
end quote. I think that this fits in along with what the church is expecting of us, this higher and holier way, right? We got the ministering, or what was it? It was the transition from visiting teaching. Yes, visiting teaching <laughs> and home teaching changed to ministering. The We, can't, we got the Come Follow Me program. Um, President Nelson has asked us to focus on hearing him, hearing the Savior more in our lives. And the youth just got a new For Strength of Youth pamphlet, right? All higher and holier ways. And I think this message from Elder Stevenson is also right in line with that. That we are making Easter and Christmas a higher and holier day of worship in our lives. I really appreciate this talk from Elder Stevenson. Like he mentioned, it was a wake-up call for him and I I think it was a wake-up call as well for our own family and how are we worshiping Christ during the Easter and Christmas season. And I really like this one question that he asked. It says, how do we model the teaching and celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Easter story, with the same balance, fullness, and rich religious tradition of the birth of Jesus Christ? So as a family, Spencer and I took some time to reflect on this question that Elder Stevenson asked us, and we came up with some traditions that we wanted to add into our own family so that we could really focus on Christ during this Easter season. And one of those, we bought this book, it's called A Christ-Centered Easter, and it really focuses on the events that took place during the Holy Week. I felt like Personally, as a kid, there was a lot of emphasis, obviously, on the crucifixion and the resurrection, but not as much about what happened leading up to it. And so a few of the activities that we did during Easter week were, one, we had the kids color and cut out these palm leaves to represent Palm Sunday as Jesus entered Jerusalem. We also, um, one day we visited the temple And that was a lot of fun. The kids always love to go and see the temple. So we did that in kind of representation of when Christ went to the temple and taught the people. Another activity we did um, Easter week was we kind of had our own representation of the Passover dinner. And we did the best that we could in buying things to represent what they had during their Passover meal. We did get some lamb. We got some lamb chops, but I did not. I was unaware of how expensive lamb chops are. (laughs) So we might find a substitution next year, but they are expensive. We also had, you know, some olives to represent Christ going to the Garden of Gethsemane for the olive trees and kind of the symbolism behind um, olive oil compared to how... Um, Jesus Christ also bled for our sins and that. Um, what else do we have? We had uh, we didn't have unleavened bread. We just got some flat bread. It's kind of yeah. represents that as well. But I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. And I think the kids did as well. And one of the last things that we did Easter week was on Sunday with our oldest, we just watched the Book of Mormon video, specifically the one where Christ visits the Americas that's in 3 Nephi 11. And he really loved watching those videos. I think it was cool for him to just 
see a visual of Christ descending, of the people coming up to him, seeing him, being able to talk with him one-on-one, it, it was a really cool experience for our oldest and for us as well. Yeah, I like that because he was originally asking to watch, you know, his shows, not he wasn't watching yeah. any of the Jesus shows, but I told him, I was like, hey, we're just going to watch this for a little bit and then you can, you know, watch your LDS primary videos or whatever. And he totally forgot all about it. He was just so enthralled yeah. with watching Jesus Christ, you know, that representation of Jesus Christ visiting the Americas. I think sometimes I forget how impressionable um, children are to the spirit and how they can still learn these important gospel truths. In fact, you know, Elder Stevenson talks about two young girls later in this talk, um, learning from the Book of Mormon about the importance of the resurrection and stuff. Uh, as you read that, you can kind of compare. But yeah, it was it was a fun Holy Week that we got to experience. And I like that because, I don't know, you just focus on Easter and it's like, one day and you try to balance out you know traditional easter activities and then you add in the true meaning of easter focusing on our savior jesus christ's atonement and the resurrection but as you celebrate the holy week there's so much more focus during that week on jesus christ that when you get to easter it's easier to balance out the the fun traditions as well as the spiritual traditions that focus on christ I had a lot of fun celebrating Holy Week as a family and with kids, especially when they're only three years and one year old, you can only do so much. They have a short attention span, but I I felt the spirit and I could see within their eyes that they do too. They they did too, especially with some of the questions that Kyron would ask us about how Jesus died and how he is alive again. It it brought the spirit and I felt a lot of peace in our lives and in within our home as well. And now I want to share this one quote that Elder Stevenson shared. It's by a New Testament scholar named N.T. Wright. And he said, quote, we should be taking steps to celebrate Easter in creative new ways in art, literature, children's games, poetry, music, dance, festivals, bells, special concerts. This is our great festival. Take Christmas away, and in biblical terms, you lose two chapters at the front of Matthew and Luke, nothing else. Take Easter away, and you don't have a New Testament. You don't have a Christianity, end quote. I don't think anything else needs to be said (laughs) after that quote. I think it yeah, mic drop. For itself. <laughs> really though, mic drop. Like that quote is so powerful. And like we were talking about, I feel like there is so much emphasis on Christmas season. Like once December 1st hits, the rest of the month is all about the Christmas traditions and serving others and focusing on Christ's birth. But with Easter, with at least within our own families, I felt like it was mainly just Easter weekend. Like that's all we that's all we really celebrated. But here Easter is so clearly so important. I mean, without it, we wouldn't have the New Testament. We wouldn't even have a Christmas. I don't think we could 
be able to have hope to be honest i don't think we could have a lot of things if we did not have easter um i know as a kid i was always excited to go find my easter basket eat a ton of candy spend some time with spend some time with cousins and family um and i want that for my kids still but i also want it to be more focused on jesus christ and his role as their savior as their redeemer and how he can help them overcome the trials and tribulations that they are going to face in this world so they know how to return to live with our father in heaven and later on elder stevenson says no three words embody more hope and eternal consequence for all of humankind than those uttered by a heavenly angel on easter morning at the garden tomb he is risen and when we heard those words we were just were kind of reflecting like when we hear those three words, what comes to mind? What comes to mind for you? Well, if I were to be, you know, back in the day when this angel first said that, when during this time period, I would have been like, wait, he's risen? Like, what do you mean? And then as my wheels start to turn, the light bulb starts to flicker, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, he's risen. Like, oh, Jesus Christ is alive. Wait, nobody's ever done that before. Nobody's ever come back to life. And like, wait, if he did that, Wait, what was this teaching again? Like, how do how do how do I gain salvation? I should have written all that down. Like, I would have just been wills a turn and like, man, he really is the savior. He is risen. Um, but for me now, like he is risen. I hear that and I think about all of the opportunities that I have to become better, to become clean, to become perfected, essentially. It's just he is risen is hope for me. That's what I what comes to my mind. Knowing that he has risen, it brings me a lot of peace. It brings me hope despite everything that's going on in the world. I know we have a savior who lives, who loves us, who knows us. And he wants us to know that. He wants us to do all that we can now so that we can live with him again and not only live with him and our heavenly father, but with our families for eternity. And also when I hear those words, I know that even though things might be hard now because he is risen, everything will be better eventually. That even though we have challenges in this life, he understands exactly what we have gone through because he atoned for all of our sins, our challenges. He he knows us better than anyone else. And because of him, everything is possible. Yeah. Elder Stevenson even shares kind of what this means for him at the very end of the talk. He says, because of Jesus Christ, everything changed. Because of him, everything is better. Because of him, life is manageable, especially the painful moments. Because of him, everything is possible. Gary E. Stevenson and his family um, also considering their own question of how they can make Easter a more memorable and special time with their family and you know, Christ-centered, they looked for the Luke 2 equivalent for Easter, uh, as he puts it. And what they came up with is 3rd Nephi. But not only is it 3rd Nephi, it's also the entire Book of Mormon. This is what um, Elder Stevenson says, quote, We as Latter-day Saints are endowed with the most remarkable Easter gift, 
end quote. Isn't that awesome to think about the entire Book of Mormon as an Easter gift? I mean, in the Bible, we don't get a lot of teaching after Christ is resurrected. But in the Book of Mormon, we get multiple chapters of Christ's teaching in the Americas after he's been resurrected. And so to think about it as an Easter gift, that's awesome. That, that, that's something we should be sharing with people all the time, but especially during Easter, because that's when people want to learn about Jesus Christ and his resurrection and how they can obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. So I think Easter time is a great time to share the Book of Mormon with those not of our faith. Um, but also one thing that I noticed in at the end of last general conference in October, President Nelson shared that he and his wife got to watch the Book of Mormon video of Third Nephi when Christ came down and taught the people uh, in the Americas at the temple. And we got to watch that during general conference, a little uh, trailer, if you will. And now it's been released and we watched that with our family and it was just awesome to watch. But starting there, uh, last general conference, Third Nephi was mentioned. And then throughout this entire general conference, I noticed that many people quoted scripture or referenced Third Nephi. And so I, I just think we should be, get, be getting prepared for Christ's second coming Definitely. Um, <laughs> with all this talk about Third Nephi. But I also love it because it's mainly the Savior's teaching to the people in the Americas. And like we talked about in our last podcast, you know, listening to the Savior's words and making them come alive. I think Third Nephi is a great place to do that in our lives. Um, what else do we got? So with all this talk about Third Nephi and Christ's visit to the American people after his resurrection, Tiffany and I wanted to share with you um, our favorite part of Christ's visit. Yeah, so my favorite part is 3 Nephi 11, verses 15 through 17. And Elder Stevenson actually shares these same scriptures a little bit later on in his talk. But it says, And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do going forth one by one until they had all gone forth and did see with their eyes and did feel with their hands and did know of a surety and to bear record that it was he of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. First off, I... I love this section. I love that the people were able to not only come up to Christ and speak to him, but they were able to do so one by one. That shows the importance that each of us has to our Savior. I I can imagine he didn't at all rush them through the process of being able to touch his hands, that he took his time with each individual. And once the people were able to come up to him one by one, they all together cried, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And Hosanna actually means please save us. And I'm imagining that once the people were able to come up to the Savior and feel the prints on his hands and on his sides and in his feet, that they gained this testimony of our Savior as a Redeemer, and were filled with the Spirit and filled with this hope that that He could save them, 
only he could save them. And it says that they fell down at his feet and did worship him. And it makes me think about when Christ comes, we're probably going to have a very similar experience to these people in the Americas. And that's pretty cool to think about. One thing that I often try to make mention of in my whenever I share my testimony is that, you know, Christ is my savior personally. Yeah, he's the savior of the world for all mankind, but he is my savior personally. And I think that's the experience that these people in the Americas got to have as they got to touch and feel the marks on his hand and his feet and thrust their hands into his side, that they got to experience that personal testimony that he is their savior individually and collectively. And I know for me, when Christ comes again and I get that chance to have my one-on-one with him, we're probably going to do our little handshake that we had in the pre-existence. Like, what's up, bro? And then I'm just going to give him the biggest hug. I'm going to fall down at his feet. He's going to say, Spence, man, you did it. You have made it. I got your back. I'm your savior. I can't wait for that. I'm just getting chills talking about that. It's going to go something like that, I think. Um, but I know that he is my savior and he is my redeemer personally. Um, as far as me for my favorite scripture in third Nephi during Christ's visit, mine is found in third Nephi chapter 17 verses six through eight. I'll read those quickly. And he said unto them, behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Have ye any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have ye any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither and I will heal them. For I have compassion upon you. My bowels are filled with mercy. For I perceive that ye desire that I should show unto you that I have done unto your brethren at Jerusalem. For I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you. Verse 9 later it says, And he did heal them every one as they were brought forth unto him. I really love that because he lists all these things, all these diseases, sicknesses, whatever. But the last one that says, if you're afflicted in any manner, that could be any one of us be afflicted with whatever we are going through, whatever there's sin or temptation that we are facing. It says, come to me, I will heal you. He sees that our faith in him is sufficient and he can do that. I know that he can do that because he has healed me personally.